This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 24th of March. In your Squeeze today, Scott Morrison puts quotas on the political agenda. The rain is clearing. Papua New Guinea's COVID crisis. And watch out for your TV. This is your Squeeze today. Starting in Canberra today, Claire, where yesterday Prime Minister Scott Morrison held a press conference. The aim of that press conference was to make clear what he wants to do on the issue of culture in Parliament House. It came up in the wake of those revelations on Monday night that Liberal Party staff had shared photographs of themselves performing lewd acts in Parliament House. He said that he was shocked and disgusted and that it was shameful, that he was completely stumped and that he has been stumped on more than one occasion over the course of the last month. Of course, that's referring to rape allegations that have rocked his government. What he said the purpose of yesterday was was to let Australian women know that he's heard them. He also addressed criticism of his response to the Brittany Higgins rape allegation when he said that his wife had encouraged him to think about the issue as the father of daughters. At this, he became quite tearful, saying, and this is the quote, "'Criticise me, if you like, for speaking about my daughters, "'but they are the centre of my life. "'My wife is the centre of my life.'" Claire, he was then asked by a journalist if he had lost control of staff in Parliament House. And then he sort of lost control of the press conference and certainly the coverage of that press conference yesterday. Uh, He responded that people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones and what he was referring to was an allegation within News Corp of sexual harassment. What happened after that was that the executive chairman of News Corp, Michael Miller, said that what Morrison had referred to was simply untrue. That prompted a late night apology from Morrison on his his Facebook page last night saying that he'd got that wrong. Also coming out of this press conference was Scott Morrison's support of gender quotas to increase female representation in the Liberal Party. And that's no small thing for the Liberal Party. It really is an about face for Morrison personally. He has previously said that quotas for having female Liberal candidates in winnable seats wasn't something he was interested in. So for the Liberal Party to be open to that now with a view of getting more women in Parliament, uh, certainly up to that kind of 50% mark really is uh, a bit of a turnaround. He also said he'll be taking further action on a range of issues on this in the next month. Claire, who would have thought something would knock the floods off the front pages, but there you go. The rain, however, is set to clear for large parts of the mid-north coast of New South Wales, Sydney and southeast Queensland today. But as it is with flooding, just because the skies are clear doesn't mean the water goes away. Exactly right. There's a lot of water and it's got to go somewhere. What the Weather Bureau has asked Australians to look out for is flood risks right across that eastern coast and even into western New South Wales. Uh, to that point, there's an evacuation uh, happening in Moree last night, which is quite a bit west of the coast. Uh, that mid-north coast has borne the brunt and there's going to be more flood concerns around there. Uh, a lookout today is around the south coast. Uh, it's expected to get some more heavy rain, but things are looking like it's clearing. Plenty of people across the state, across southeast Queensland, still affected without homes, without power, and with a big clean-up ahead of them. As you say, as for today, a flood warning remains in place from the Queensland border to Victoria. 
down to Tassie, where overnight the parliament there voted to become the third Australian state to legalise voluntary assisted dying. They follow Victoria and Western Australia to have a voluntary assisted dying law. It will take 18 months or so for that scheme to commence, but like the others, it is giving residents access to a program uh, if they're expected to die within six months from a terminal illness. It's one of those issues that's been a big one in Tasmania for a long time. It's the fourth time assisted dying laws have come before the parliament since 2009. Over to Papua New Guinea now, where, as we talked about last week, Claire, there's a really very real COVID crisis on their hands. The number of cases across PNG has tripled over the past month, with the country's major hospital reporting seven out of 10 symptomatic patients there are testing positive for the virus. And there's still very low rates of testing in the last week. We're looking at about 2,000 tests being conducted across that population of 9 million people. Uh, But what they do know is that people who are getting tested are reporting very high rates. So that crisis hasn't dissipated any in the last week. Officials are also very concerned about the state of the health system and whether it's going to hold up to all that pressure. Yeah, we talked last week about how Australia was set to help Papua New Guinea in this crisis. Yesterday, medical equipment advisors and 8,000 vaccinations arrived. Health workers there are the priority for those vaccinations. There's nearly one million Rohingya Muslims who fled Myanmar after a military crackdown in 2017, Claire, who now live in southeastern Bangladesh in what's been described as cramped and squalid conditions. Now fires have been burning in the camps, reports there's been loss of life and some 45,000 people have been forced to move. This is not the first time it's happened. What is happening there at the moment is that officials and also people from aid organisations say that there's pressure on those refugees to move from that Cox's Bazaar district. They've been there for quite some time, as you say, in very difficult circumstances. So the question is whether someone is actually setting fires to get them to go. There are still hundreds of people unaccounted for there and there are fears that the death toll will rise. The ACCC, Claire, so our competition watchdog this week, released a list of things to make safer. Furniture, apparently pretty dangerous. Furniture can be very dangerous, particularly if it's tumbling on you. 50 Australians a week, about 2,600 a year, are receiving hospital treatment for injuries from falling furniture. That includes tumbling TV sets. What the chairman, Rod Sims, said is that there's more effective risk controls that they're looking at to make sure that furniture is safe. Concerns about unsafe cots as well uh, and button batteries, which has been talked about quite a bit about making sure that particularly little people can't get their hands on swallowing button batteries because they can be quite devastating. Yeah, it's always one to watch out for, but I guess the main message in all of that is watch out for your telly. Mm. Claire, also an obvious one, quad bikes. Not so safe. You grew up on a farm, you probably know this already. Wasn't fancy enough to have a quad bike, but certainly those um, when you're out on farms and having fun on those quad bikes, it can be very easy to lose track of safety. Yeah, very nerve-wracking for the parents. Spare a thought for those who live on farms across New South Wales and southern Queensland on this topic. They're seeing the worst mouse plague in decades and now they're headed to Victoria. 
Just a warning. Ugh. So, yeah, if you've been in Queensland and seen them across the, the back of New South Wales in those western areas, now on the way to Victoria, the pictures that are coming through, the masses yeah. of mice that are, are being trapped, also some really disturbing pictures of mice scurrying through beds and under pillow slips and all sorts of disgusting things, just an awful thing. Lots of creepy crawly stuff around at the moment. The spiders escaping the floods Mm. is one of the ones you don't want to click on. Squeeze the day, Claire. What have you got? Uh, Tonight, 7.07, it's Michael Gadinsky's State Memorial in Melbourne. He was a big Melbourne man. Uh, Of course, the music producer and music industry genius. Uh, This time is notable because 7.07, he was a big fan of Penfold's Bin 7.07, which is a cab sav, I think. Oh, I was wondering about that time. His private funeral was a few weeks ago, but this is obviously an opportunity for the wider public to honour him. It's a state memorial. As you said, 707 at Rod Laver Arena. That's all from us today. If you're listening on Spotify's Your Daily Drive, we're only here for a limited time. So make sure when we drop off, you'll continue to receive your news with the squiz each morning by hitting follow. That way, each episode will be on the homepage when you open the Spotify app. Have a great Wednesday and we'll be back tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.